The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue, you mock my words well. How about this woman is new? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cumber Chronicles podcast. I am not your host, Tim D-O-W-G-98, who is uh, probably recovering from the the New York Comic-Con experience that he's having. Um, He's also with uh, Agent Underscore 70, who's also partaking of it, and I'm sure Matt Wang, our um, friend of the show, is also there. Nevertheless, and uh, PCN underscore Dirt, who is off doing whatever he's doing right now. So uh, apparently, people thought there wasn't going to be a sh- shouldn't be a show this week. But you know, I figured I would do one. I kind of said so the last couple of weeks, you know, but kind of got lost in the shuffle. But here I am, and it's kind of late on a actual. It's not even a Friday night; it's a Sunday night. So uh, this is probably going to be a relatively quick one. Let's say. If I have my, all my ducks in a row and I won't ramble like I normally do on the show, like I'm kind of doing now. But um, if you want to see what they've been up to, you can go to agent underscore 70 on Twitter uh, and I Instagram to see what he's been doing at uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter and also the Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N and also the C-B Cron uh, Twitter site where you can go check all that stuff out. Uh, I am Ryder Cat. I am the, the other dude on the show, you know. <laughs> um, and I, like I said, it would just be me. But no guests, nobody else, just me. You can find this podcast at CSPN.us every week. Uh, normally, we would record every Friday night, 9 p.m.-ish. Uh, and it comes out uh, on this here channel, which would be the clicknation.com slash live or the YouTube link or the YouTube of uh, the click nation. You know. And you can also f- subscribe to the podcast, which the auto com- usually comes out on uh, Saturdays, I think Saturday mornings at um, any podcast place, you know, Google play iTunes, uh, I believe we're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those places, you know, and probably a few others that we don't even know. But nevertheless, uh, you can also shop us, do, go to shop.cspn.us so you can, you know, help us out. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to keep it moving with, uh, with the podcast things and, uh, you know, anything you could do to help us out by going to that link and, and shop, going to the links there would, um, would help us out certainly. Like I said, this is going to be a pretty short show, I believe, because like I said, it's just me and I don't want to, and I'm actually kind of hungry, so that's kind of a... <laughs> That's going to hurry my, hurry my things up too long. Uh, but at first, we will start off with the books of the week, which I have read a few of um, that I will talk briefly about. So you might, you might say that we can uh, normally would go into a pretty lengthy discussion, then do rapid fire. But we're going to combine all of that this year, this week, because one, there are also no sound effects either. So that's going to make this her long a uh, little bit. And uh, starting with the first book, 
actually almost changed it so I could do the news first and then do do uh, and end off with a uh, thing like we used to do, but I figured, eh, why not? But the first book that I'm going to talk about here tonight is Haha. Spirits of Vengeance number one. Now in this year, 2017, you know, I coming out of the, the Marvel Legacy stuff, as you can see here, you know, we have this new book, Spirits of Vengeance. Um, despite what the cover says, not everybody appears because what we have is one Johnny Blaze coming back into the fold uh, after some length of time, finds himself out on the Route 66 trying to keep a low profile or whatever. Then he gets, um, he gets approached by this uh, person or at least who we think is a person who's uh, bleeding out and gives him this silver bullet and tells him to go to help Damien Hellstrom, which Johnny sent print to do. The, the thing is, we find out that this person is an angel. Now, we, now, the funny part about that is it doesn't seem like during the course of reading this, you would actually know that this person was a demon. Um, <laughs> and it was only because of the reading the, um, you know, the, the solicitation for the book that came with uh, this big book that you would know that, or at least you would know that right off the bat anyway, because like I said, this person ends up, uh, or this angel ends up uh, expiring after this, sending Johnny to go on his quest. Uh, he meets up with Damien Hellstrom, who I thought during the last days of magic kind of uh, went poof himself. Uh, if I remember correctly, but um Um, but apparently he's alive and well and living pretty posh, um, if, if all told. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So anyway, he and, and, um, Johnny go off and do some sleuthing to try to figure out because Damon has no idea who would be sending him a silver bullet, much less a spent silver bullet or why. You know, so that leaves both of them kind of uh, on a merry chase do, using were using the means at his disposal. You know, this thing kind of actually plays out weirdly enough, like a um, like a Blade movie. Weirdly enough, now that I'm thinking about it, and like I, I, I thought about this uh, previously, or at least in right after I read it. But um, but yeah, it really does seem like I was like, yeah, this could be a plot of a Blade movie or even another Ghost Rider movie. But even though we've already had two, and it sucked. Yeah, we may or may not want to go back down that road, but nevertheless, um, so yeah, the the um, sleuthing ends up, uh, you know, getting being fruitless for a minute until they decide to bring in one other person, and that being actually the aforementioned Blade, who we see at the uh, the end of this issue, already handling some stuff that's probably has nothing to do with uh, what's going on. So that is that. Like this was this was an interesting read. It definitely got me wanting to come back to, to the um, to the next issue to see what's going on with this. Presumably, I think this is an ongoing. I'm not actually not. I think actually I'm not. No, it's part one. So this. I mean, the way Marvel's been handling this stuff lately, who knows? Like it could be a mini. It could have started out an ongoing series and um, ends up being a, a limited series. Who knows? 
But regardless, I would like to, I'm curious to see where this goes. Another little tidbit that I actually found out was, and I did not know this because this, this is the kind of the part of the Marvel universe that I am not that terribly versed in. And that was that Damon Hellstrom and Satana, who you see on the cover, uh, are brother and sister. Or maybe I just blanked that out. I don't know. What does it mean for anything? Well, I guess that at some point, um, you know why she's going to end up uh, involved in this book. Nevertheless, you know, like I said, it was it was a pretty cool read, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. And the art was really nice. Um, actually, there was another thing about it. There was some part that felt like some parts of a Spawn movie, or the Spawn movie, if you think about the lab, um, if you think about it. So, if any of these characters are, you know, you're curious about or whatever, or anything I've just said is something that you would be interested in, maybe check that out. Like that, there wasn't. You know, it, it seems like it's something shaping up to be something that could be cool or not. Um, hmm. The next up, I guess. Hmm. You know what? I will go to actually Avengers six seventy two, which I guess uh, would be whatever. So this is starting the uh, the Marvel Legacy numbering for older titles. Um, I actually can't remember. What um was it Avengers? What was it? Eleven? It might have been. Um, hmm. I'm gonna check it real quick. Kind of doesn't really matter because, like I said, we have the legacy numbering now, so the old numbering kind of doesn't really make any difference. Um, you know what? Wait, Gavin, that's gonna take some time. Uh, regardless, Avengers six seventy two uh, starts a whole new arc that um, brings together the Avengers team and the champions, the AKA, as as Hercules said it, uh, the JV, the JV squad. So he also had a um, a, a nice little bit. Oh, this is not even a nice little bit. A, a mentioning of the name champions. He who of who was a former member of said uh, champions book or champions team, you know, kind of gave it a little bit of praise, which was interesting and cool. And I actually totally forgot about his connection with him, him and Amadeus show when they, uh, held down the Hulk book for a minute. But, um, so what this book, what this finds us as separately, the, the two separate teams, um, found out about this, well, apparently there was an, uh, an event, not terribly unlike a solar eclipse, which uh, now that I think about it, it happens, um, and the satellite's supposed to be getting images from around the, the sun, and we have both sets of teams individually debating the existence of Counter-Earth, which is, you know, which has been another Earth that's been around in the uh, Marvel Universe for quite a while, and we've even seen the provider of... Uh, of kind of earth, AKA the high evolutionary, which uh, Nova mentions, you know, during the course of him, he and uh, Amadeus Cho talking about, but for whatever other reason, the more scientifically inclined uh, folks on the teams, AKA uh, Amadeus Cho and, uh, you know, Nadia Pym, not, not, not counting Peter Parker, you know, not with, not, you know, discounting Peter Parker, I should say. Um, disputes the fact well disputes that um there can't be another earth on the other side of the sun because you know of the fact 
because of scientific reasons, you know, which is, which are explained in the book, which makes sense because if, if there was another Earth, it would knock off, you know, rotation of planets, blah, 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 whatever. So uh, during this event and while people were watching, a meteor just spits through a whole uh, rift in space, heads towards Earth, which seems both teams uh, separately to the same place and find them in some cases, begrudgingly working with each other to try to stop the uh, impact of the meteorite from hitting um, Kentucky, of all places. So, yeah, like I said, because of the fact that uh, you had the junior, you know, the, the, the senior members of the, the uh, champions, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and um, Nova were members of the the former of the Avengers Wing formerly, and had a bit of a falling out uh, going into Civil War II with them, hence them um, forming their own team. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess I should have figured that was going to happen. Um, you know, there's there's some a little bit of bad blood, and even some that's been cropping up in between uh, Vision and Viz Vision. Uh, during the course of, uh, or as of recently, which is weird to see, you know. But nevertheless, they end up working together, and they end up breaking off into teams because while stopping the initial uh, meteorite from coming in, you know, some other stuff tends to uh, break out across the Earth, and so the teams have to break up uh, into smaller teams and go help out where that happens. Uh, meanwhile, Amadeus Cho and Hercules ends up some would argue making things worse because there is a big chunk of uh, meteorite that um, that um, was uh, not necessarily safe for hitting the ground, but slowed enough to where it could hit the ground, which caused the actual chain of events for them to break up into smaller teams. And uh, something happens with that piece of meteorite that uh, may cause a bigger issue. That is the the, uh, the big bad of this uh, here storyline. I don't know. I, I enjoyed seeing the two teams come together. It, you know, I don't know whether this um, event slash mini series, whatever or mini arc, whatever it is, is going to. Uh, well, I know what it's supposed to do. Judging by what we talked about even last week, with and with the solicitations of other books, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, I think this book is well. I think this one is just going to going to go through champions and and Avengers. So this is just the one that goes through with them. But so whether there's any re- resolution between the two teams after this is all said and done, or any kind of new status quo in between them uh, because of this, we shall see. But like I said, the next issue uh, of the story arc will be in Champions number thirteen. So I am looking to see. Uh, what happens with that? It's also worth noticing that uh, the art is different in this one, uh, as opposed to because I can't remember who does the who does the art normally in this. Now that I think about it, but um, you know the art was all right in in this. It was noticeably different from from other issues because well, it was um, actually Dom, Mike Delmondo was doing Avengers uh, initially, and I can't remember if he's been doing. Yeah, actually, he did do the nice you got to remember, because that's with um, selfie Tekken Vision and Hercules. But um, regardless, this is a new um, new artist on this one. I- I'm assuming for this arc, uh, and for the Avengers, but we shall see. <clears throat> Next up, 
And actually, next up and slightly finally, we'll start our Star Wars block because um, the last three books I've read were Star Wars books, which are kind of appropriate, I guess, given some news that came out <laughs> that that came out earlier today before I recorded on. Like again, I'm recording this on a Sunday uh, at the end of uh, New York Comic Con. And uh, next week, I forgot to point out. Actually, next week, uh, the guys when they come back from uh, from their uh, sojourns, may or may not be with uh, PC Nunscore. Who knows? But um, when those guys come back, then they will hopefully recount their experiences at New York Comic Con, which and we should all look forward to that because I know that's what everybody's waiting for. So. Uh, I knew of one other person that went to to, to NYCC, and I, n- I didn't get the chance to talk to him before uh, before I did this. But it seemed like they had a what I've seen from the tweet. They had a good time. So regardless, we're going to do the Star Wars style, and we are going to go. Well, we're going to start from I guess chronologically uh, with Star Wars Darth Vader number six. And I should be writing this stuff down, but uh, whatever. I have to get to that in a minute. Um. As the cover, I actually enjoyed this book for for one reason and one reason only, and that is being uh, if you're watching the video of this, the cover says says so right now, and that is the Grand Inquisitors that uh, the Grand Inquisitor rather that has been seen in uh, as of late in Star Wars Rebels. If you are watching that show, show up here, uh, and he invaded meat. <laughs> Um, in a not too spectacular fact, well, in a kind of a spectacular factor, I guess, but it was all, of course, um, set off by the emperor, unbeknownst to either one of them. But uh, we come to we come to bring in not only the grand inquisitors, but also the other inquisitors uh, that we have also seen from Star Wars Rebels. So this was a treat for me because, like I said, I am a fan of Star Wars Rebels and. Um, Actually, you know, I'm not in like the whole Inquisitor arc was definitely kind of interesting, even up until their role uh, at the end of season three. Is last season? Yeah, because right, because season four is next season. It's last season, which is a bummer because that was a good show. So, if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, you pro- you may or may not know these characters. And like I said, the only one that's really been given any kind of uh any kind of um, time in this issue uh, is the Grand Inquisitor, which we see on on, on the cover. Um, but nevertheless, that introduced them, and apparently going into a new arc, which is going to involve them. Um, I guess one other thing to note about the Inquisitors, well, actually, about this book in general, if you are not aware of it, is the fact that um, <clears throat> excuse me, that this book takes place right after uh, Darth Vader is quote-unquote born, as opposed to the last volume's book, which is after, which took place after uh, A New Hope, which I, in, uh, I love that um, book. You know, it was great. It also introduced, like, a good three characters that I still love to this moment, but they are so often their own book, uh, having their own times, a.k.a. Um, uh Dr. Afra and the, the killer droids and they're still enjoying their life, thankfully over there. But again, like I said, this one takes place like, right. So this is pretty much right after the uh, Clone Wars is over and order 66 has been given and Darth, Darth Vader 
you know, growing into being, you know, the dark Lord Sith that we uh, know and love slash hate, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Um, given also the, the fact that the, the Grand Inquisitor uh, is shown prominently in this, we also see, although they don't get any, um, they don't get any uh, lines, I guess, if, if we're talking movie terms, it looks like the fifth brother and wait, uh, the fifth sister, oh geez, the other the two inquisitors, um, the I believe it was the fifth and sixth brother and sister, uh, I believe that who they are, but they they are shown in here, and I'm sure someone will correct me on that if if uh, if there's a difference, but regardless, uh, fans of Star Wars Rebels know who I'm talking about. Like the, whether they play a prominent enough pro- part in this, or this is just going to be them following the the Grand Inquisitor and whatever. And, uh, then we also see a couple other Inquisitors, Inquisitors in here that I don't remember them showing during the course of Star Wars Rebels. Um, but I'm not sure. I, actually, this reading this issue has gotten me to go back and uh, watch the episodes that um, not only the Grand Inquisitor comes in, but basically that whole arc up until the end of season three, which I kind of wanted to do anyway, because like, again, I like the show and I was, even though I wasn't, mm, well, wait, mm, that wasn't season three, was it? Well, either way, um, I think it might've been season two because now that I think about it, yeah, that led up to the fight with Vader and um, Vader and Ahsoka, which we still don't know <laughs> what uh, the, we don't know the um, what happened with Ahsoka after that. I personally still think she's alive, but um, I guess we shall see what happens after that. And she never did, and she didn't show up during season three, which was the last season. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, and that was season two where the Inquisitors came in. So, just thought the emails right then and there. But nevertheless, like I said, this is probably. Uh, of the stuff that I've read, this is a candidate for, for Click of the Week. I guess that uh, Avengers 672 was also, even though yeah, it is what it is on that one. But, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it further. Like, I... Like, seeing the cover was already, it was like, it had me slightly giddy for the most part. <laughs> like, oh, shoot, we're getting some rebels into this now, so that's... That was also That was all great with me. Um... So yeah, like I said, fan of Rebels, go check this issue out. You you know, and uh, it looks like at the end of this uh, issue, it seems that Vader and the Inquisitors are going on another hunt for another Jedi, who I'm going to not spoil. Um, but if you're thinking, you know, Inquisitors and Darth Vader, you can kind of you may or may not be able to go along what lines that uh, that might be heading, but nevertheless. Like I said, I'm looking forward to this arc. So the next book I am going to go into, let's see, is... Uh, played that hand. Star Wars 37. Yes. The crown jewel... Oh, wait, that's how it broke. We can't do that one. <laughs> the crown jewel of the Star Wars uh, universe, but... Yeah. So here we see the return of Scar Squad led by one Sergeant Creel. That's the one holding the lightsaber. Um, a familiar looking lightsaber at that, by the way. It should be noted out. Um, 
but yeah, so the, the Skyquad squad is, has returned. Um, Creel is getting chewed out by, well, not necessarily chewed out, but he's actually, I guess he starts out by doing some saber practice and, and then gets uh, told off by Vader and also threatened by Vader. You know, but Creole being a, a, a loyal uh, member of the Empire, you know, and also arguably pretty effective at his job, swears that they're going to, uh, they, they won't fail the Vader again, which leads them to uh, go hunt down the rebels uh, of the time period, which again, this book takes place right after A New Hope um, and uh, deals with that time period. So it's Luke, you know, Luke Han, Leia, and the rest of the, the rest of the crew uh, forming and uh, you know building up the rebellion. So yeah, Scar Squad is sent out to find the rebels uh, in this one system, uh, and they end up um, getting some help from the locals um, at the time by helping them out. Which you know, hey. What's an effective way to get people on your side is to help them out and to use, which is, and use them at at that point, which is actually seemed like a theme, the theme of the next book that I'm going to bring up in a minute. Um, But nevertheless, uh, we see Scott Squad kind of going and doing their things. They end up finding this, this rebel base in this system, but none of our, none of the favorites are there at the time. They um they do some things, cause some havoc, and then leaves. Uh, during the course of it, Sergeant Creole, you know, kind of um, is, for lack of a better word, shook because before his exit with um, Vader, the Emperor came along, and then he's like, "Like, oh my God, is the Emperor?" So you can pretty much tell he's very loyal to the Empire. Uh, from this, even though this guy has no fear of pretty much anything else. Uh, but during the course of, uh, you know, them trying to take out these rebels, that comes back into play, and Creel kind of goes off on his own to um, cause a little cause a little havoc. So when it's all said and done, you know, our rebels' friends come back from wherever they were, which I'm guessing... Um, well, given the events of the last few issues, everybody were kinda, was kind of on, you know, kind of doing their own thing. They finally got back together. Um, uh, and they end up back at this spot where this rebel place was. And they find that, and they find the, the um, <laughs> they find the evidence of uh, Scar Squad being there and call it what it is, which seems to be in a declaration of war. And also basically Scar Squad calling them out to play warrior style. <laughs> so, uh, and that ends that book because it's like, well, they they Scott Squad kind of left a lot of uh, carnage in their wake, and uh, which causes our heroes to be like, well, this is not good. We're going, to, we got a fight around our hands. So, and that's what uh, ends this issue off. This was also another good issue because, um, you know, there is a lot to be said about the Star Wars in general because people are like, there's always people that are like, well. You know, the people kind of treat the movies like that's all there is to to the universe, which is not true because there's a lot going on in the universe outside of you know the the few people that are the mainstays of the series or of the movies um, and other stories 
another thing that could be brought up. And this book kind of has been uh, doing that here and there by bringing in other stuff. And actually, now that I think about it, there is a backup to the, the main story, which has to do with old Ben, old uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine and Tuscans. It is told, which we don't get this right off the bat, but um, it is told from his perspective, or, or he's basically the the, the omnipresent narrator uh, until we finally see him. But it's basically a story of um, the Tuscans, you know, and their, um, you know, th- how they are with the land and whatnot. So it's actually uh, a side of a group that has shown up in the movies that you know that hasn't had much uh said or done about them outside of you know wherever they've shown up but we only get the one part um but like i said this not necessarily shares a little lighter but it is definitely a story of them and it's like hmm, that's interesting i like seeing little stories like that because you know this kind of makes them out to be more than what is seen in the movies. And that's why I kind of like, you know, things like these Star Wars books and whatnot. Like, yes, I'm a, I mean, I'm a fan of Star Wars and I'm going to probably pick up and or watch and or read a good bit of stuff, which by the, which is one thing I will probably get to now to think about in a minute uh, with one of the ads, I guess. Um, but I enjoy these little side stories and whatnot because like I said, you get to see a little bit more than what you see from the movies. And even with like the side stories of like, you know, Rogue One or the upcoming Han Solo movie, which apparently people don't want, but I'm like, you know, what we see from the movies is not all there is of these characters, and yeah, what could be seen as, you know, milking the franchise for for whatever it was, is also another good opportunity to get some stories from these people that we don't get to see. Like, some people don't care about, you know, what happened to Han or whoever before he ended up with the Rebels. You know, there's stories that have been alluded to in the movies, you know, or whatnot. Uh, and me personally, I'm like, I'm curious about them. So bring them on. I say I'm like, sure. They, they seem to be uh cash crop of heck. They've already been printing money since uh, forever in a, in a day with these movies and, and whatnot. So as long as we get good stories out of them, that's what I'm all for. So um, let's see. And the last book, uh, on that note, I guess speaking of on that note is oh psh, that was the wrong window, Roddy. Journey to Star Wars: The Last Jedi, uh, Captain Phasma number three, which actually is the last book I will be talking about tonight, and the last of the Star Wars <laughs> arc in, in this week. Um, so yeah, Captain Phasma and her pilot, uh, TN3465 is still on this planet. That's pretty much on the edge of the galaxy. And this, this actually takes place as the name would imply after force awakens, uh, and before the last Jedi, which is coming soon. Uh, there's also news on that, the in the news section coming up. So look forward to that. If you're, if you're watching or listening. Um, so yeah, Captain Phasma and Cruz is down there, is, is still on this planet. They, they're they still working with the late natives to try to find this Revis person that they're looking for after the uh, demise of Starkiller Base um, because this person is the only person who knows that uh, Captain Phasma was the one who brought down the shields of the base 
as as previously mentioned. So they're on the hunt for them. Uh, this person, Rivas, looks like either has been captured or in alignment with. We're not really sure because we haven't seen this person since since the book started. Um, are with a a set of life forms that have uh, come to the planet, just like the um, people Phasma in the meets. Uh, well, we don't sure it doesn't necessarily say if these people were already here, but nevertheless, um, there are some folks that may or may not be holding Rivers' capture, or he could be with one, we don't even know. Uh, and some sea creatures that come out that uh, hunt the the the, uh, the uh, people on this planet that Phasma has found, you know, and talked to, which apparently she knows the language of because they come from another planet that she is all seem to be uh, personally aware of. Um, so during the course of this book, she and the pilot are trying to find them, trying to make sure that either Rivas is dead or they're going to find him and kill him himself. But the hurdle that they have are these sea creatures, which the, um, which the people are scared of, Right, so because they keep hunting them, because these sea creatures keep hunting them down every now and then, um, and Phasma is getting a lay of the land to see what's what's going on with that. They end up finding what looks to be a ship or something um, that uh, Phasma ends up uh, using to at least take care of the sea creatures uh, that are that are bothering folks. And he, she also even rallies the troops. As much to say, look, I, you know, if you whip me, <laughs> come with basically come with me if you want to live type of situation, and I will lead you to victory. No, I wouldn't say Braveheart style because we know that it didn't end up that well, but nevertheless, you get the point. She's she's um, you know, she gets a bunch of people to the a bunch of the people to help her along, which she even says like she's just using them as a as a means to an end. Which again, like going back to Star Star Wars, as I just said, Scar Squad kind of, without actually saying that, um, kind of was doing the same thing, but in more of and I guess a more, more nicer fashion because like the they were basically trying to get the the locals to help them, you know, by presenting a good side to the Empire. Uh, in this, Phasma kind of did that also, but like as she tells the, the pilot, like they're just. They're just fodder. They're just means to an end. So, whereas Skull Squad and Creel did not say as much, but nevertheless, it's the Empire, folks. That's how things go down. But um, at the end of this this issue, we see, like I said, uh, a resolution. Not necessarily a resolution, but they get rid of the first hurdle, that being the sea creatures, and um, another snag presents itself to them um, after that said and done, which going back to, I guess, movies like Braveheart or any movies that are that have a battlefield where there seems to be you know, two opposing sides, something like that happens. You know, you can't get my drift on that. So, um, this is a miniseries. Um, and I think there's two more issues after this, so we will start to see the resolution and where this book ends up uh, at the end of that. And Hopefully, how it um, how it ties into the Last Jedi outside of it being starring Captain Phasma. Because the only thing we've gotten out of it so far is the fact that obviously Phasma was going to escape, but we see how she escapes 
the, the trash compactor she was thrown into and she was sent on out her not sent but she went out on her own crest because of what I said earlier so whether it gets her to another place or this book was just just used to sh- to get her out of the trash compactor and then just have some place for her at the end of it to that would explain her not being you know her being wherever she ends up in Last Jedi then so be it but it'll I would like to believe there's probably going to be a little bit more closer tied to that you know but I could be wrong like I said and I guess partially it doesn't really matter because like again we know she gets we know she's going to be in Last Jedi so we pretty much know she's going to get out of the transfer compactor and people who watch the movies may or may not be like granted there are Star Wars fans who, who will probably already know about this book and probably picking it up and there are some that are really like don't even care like we know she's she's going to end up in, in Last Jedi anyway so for whatever other way so it kind of doesn't really matter so this book is just for people who probably like the counter, uh, the calendar, uh, character um we don't necessarily get too terribly much backstory, or at least we haven't so far in during the course of this um during the course of this book. However, uh Phasma has had a couple of bits of flashbacks to something uh or I guess definitely some memories of hers um while things are going on, you know, uh during the course of the book. This issue and the the, the last two. So from that, we know there's a little bit of um, there's some bits and pieces of backstory for her that we're getting, but nothing that's actually been spelled out um, quite fully. Will it come out in this uh, at the end of uh, this miniseries? We don't know, but regardless, it's a it's a book with for, with a character that um, some people seem to like, even though they didn't have a whole lot of screen time during Force Awakens. But that, folks is um, it for all of the books that I have for this week, which means it is time for, you know it, you love it, the clicks of the week, which in this case is just one click of the week. It's just me. Uh, and hmm, um, given what I said as potentials, I think I am going to go with, and a matter of fact, this is probably one of the few times I probably had one mostly figure it out. Uh, when we get to do this, usually uh, when we record. So in this case, I think I'm going to go with Darth Vader number six. And that is purely and probably strictly because of the fact that we got Inquisitors from from Rebels. I mean, that was good enough for me, personally. Uh, Look, Avengers 672 was pretty good. I did not get a chance to... Oh, hang on a second. I have... You're going to hear some wrestling here, so I'll... You know what? No, you won't, because I'm going to mute this for one quick second. So yeah, there was a Catalyst. I knew I forgot something. There was a Catalyst Prime book that came out this week called Astonisher. Um, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But uh, by accounts, the story sounds rather familiar to me because and if anyone from from Lions Forge or Kellis, the from Lions Forge uh, hears this I apologize in advance but you know 
uh, what it sounds like for fall. I will actually read this. So this is what I'm saying right now is shouldn't will hopefully not be indicative of what story actually is. But from what it sounds like, it sounds like if you know the new universe, the original new universe, uh, not what they just did with with Marvel bringing them back uh, fairly recently. There was a character called uh, Night Mask who went into people's dreams. Uh, and battle stuff there. What this sounds like, again, I haven't read it yet, so I apologize to anyone. And on maybe next time I'm on, or the next time this this issue comes up, I will I will uh, talk a little bit more about it. But um, it sounds like this is Night Mask, but for the super powered individuals of this universe, because it sounds like this um, this person on the cover. I can't. I don't know his name. He also had a way... So if you know anything about the Catalyst Prime universe, there was uh, an event that happened involving a meteor that um, was going to... Uh, said to be going to kill everybody on Earth, but was saved by these people and you know, saved by a group of astronauts, almost movie style. Yes, yes, you know the movies. But those people who went on this suicide run that being noble and a few other uh, a few other people and um people on earth end up getting superpowers from this meteorite happening and apparently the the uh the twist of it is is that the person who fronted the mission to go um to 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 undergo this mission is the bad guy so which i thought was a neat twist uh now from that you know the other the other books from catalyst prime uh, that are hunting for his uh parts of the universe but astonishing uh, is what seems to be handling the fact that like i said um they can go through uh super powered uh people's dreams and battle what's there because and i guess it kind of makes sense because the most dangerous thoughts and dreams and whatnot would probably be going through uh, the mind of a person with these these new these new superpowers in this universe so this person in some kind of way is going through those. And apparently this guy also, the reason why I brought up the old event, uh, it seemed like this guy um, also had an alternate uh, solution to the media problem, but that not only ended up not getting used, but seemed like making them into a crackpot and gave them some issues. I get, and I think that was before they ended up with the power to do what they're doing now. Like I said, I'm going to check this out and um, I guess if I wrote reviews, uh, which I probably should start, but I'm not entirely, you know, stay tuned for whether that's going to happen or not. And, but like I said, next time I'm on, if I'm ever on and this book shows up uh, again, then I will probably talk more about it. Nevertheless, click of the week this week, after all that rambling, and apologize for that, is Darth Vader number six. And we are going to move on to... The news section. But first, before we do that, I have an ad read um, because that's what we do about this time. And uh, uh, the one thing you don't need to see is that, which luckily I'm not doing a screenshot. Super cool. And I'm doing this all by myself. Normally, I would be just doing handling the news section and whatnot. So, first, let's see. First one of the night is. Yeah, let's do Audible. Let's do, and I'm actually going to screenshot this. Yeah. 
me for one moment. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, wait, I just had it. Sorry. Hmm. Normally I would do this. There we go. And now, Artable. We can pull this up. Should have had this somewhere else, but that's okay. Um, let's see. Tonight's Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash comebookchronicles. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Combo Chronicles podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. You can check out books like the one you see on the screen if you're watching the video from a certain view, uh, the Star Wars book, 40 Stories uh, Celebrating 40 Years of Star Wars. It's... uh, it is an anthology book made from, I mean, made by various authors and, and whatnot, including um, a few notable f- person, people in and out of the Star Wars universe, mostly in the Star Wars universe, though. Um, but, um, and it looks like, well, yeah. So anyway, the, the, um, the book is out in store. The hard book out is in store and is in, in, in ebook form, but apparently they also have this other book, uh, you know, with a, a nice cast of people um, doing narration for it. I almost kind of want to pick this up for that, actually, but I already bought the book. I, I may still do it. Who knows? But, um, oh, wow, Griffin McElroy. I didn't know he wrote something. Oh, yes, I did, because I guess I did. But, yeah, like I said, people in and out of um, the Star Wars um, universe uh, wrote for this. And here you get a narration by people including Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Daniel Jose Older, Mark Thompson, uh, one Janina Gavin Carr, who is, um, who is the star of the Star Wars Battlefront 2, by the way, uh, and the beta is going on at this moment, uh, and X- Ashley Eckstein, aka uh, Ahsoka. So yeah, that is one of the books you can get. Also, or you can get um, Marvel, The Unstold Story. You know, this book's uh, interesting for one of it, of it in a way, um, which is tells, as it says, down to, you know, it is a telling of the uh, of Marvel Comics from one person's uh, perspective. Yeah, has a bunch of interviews in it and Marvel insiders. So yeah, you can check that out from audible.com and uh, yeah. And uh, I don't think there's any more for this. But yeah, that's it. Go check that out. Audibletrial.com slash Chronicles. Check out one of those books or anything else you you want, you feel uh, inclined to check out from there. Free, 30 days. You, you can't beat that. Like, actually, I would probably do it just for that, um, that Star Wars book. That's just me, though, you know. Uh, and now on to the cinematic news, as we do at this time. And I'm going to do just... just, just, just I don't know why this other stuff is showing up, but you bet you can't see that I'm calling attention to. Nevertheless, uh, first up, The Gifted. Uh, actually, these first three are from that show, so buckle up for that. Polaris is close to being to the comics beyond Magneto connection. Uh, and I will actually go through and do the next couple, by the way. So The Gifted's uh, Shatter looks pretty X-Men comic accurate, according to CBR. But you can see... Um, you can see pictures of them from the Twitter feed. 
Which, yeah, okay, cool beans. Um, so, and yeah, and that last article basically, I think, was a, um, let's see, was, I think, was, yeah, it was an interview with the showrunner uh, saying that, yes, indeed, Polaris oh. in the show is, <laughs> um, Polaris is indeed Magneto's daughter, and it sounds like in more ways than in one. So uh, if anybody is watching that show, I know it just started. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Um, uh, but I am looking forward to There are, are a couple of different shows that I'm actually looking forward to to checking out, Gifted being one of them, because I'm hearing pretty good things about it lately uh, since it started. And I said, there's that one and there's that one. And uh, the, the last from that is Stanley is the gifted cameo Xbox the spot. So Stanley, father of one, one of the fathers of uh, Marvel Comics as we know it, you know, Stan the man who has also been doing cameos in pretty much every Marvel uh, movie to date. Long may he reign. Um, has actually um, has a cameo if you see it in the, what looks to be the first episode of. Um, oops, I guess that's a spoiler by showing that has a has a cameo in the first episode of Gifted. Um, if you've seen it and seen it, good on you. If you haven't seen it and care to, then you're, guess what? You're in for a treat, and I guess spoilers? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, if I remember correctly, Stanley has done some, has been in a couple of the Netflix shows also. I'm not sure, not that I think about it, because I feel like I've seen them in at least one. Um, and this, this article probably says so, but I'm not even going to go there. So, uh, speaking of uh, Marvel Cinematic News, new Thor Ragnarok fan theory suggests Odin has the final Infinity Stone. <laughs> and I guess if you go by the picture that I'm showing here on the video, if you're watching that, uh, I wonder if it's his eye patch because I can't or I can't imagine what else it would be like what his scepter or something, which I doubt that, but yeah, apparently there was a fan theory that um, that Odin has the last uh, Infinity Stone, of which there are six gems. Damn it, gems! Um, and I guess we'll find out during Thor Ragnarok if that is the case, because this is the last movie leading up to uh, Infinity War. And uh, wait, am I right? I'm all right. I think I'm all right. Yes. So yeah, it would make uh, some sense that somebody has it, and since this being the last movie. Maybe that's it, or maybe this fan theory is wrong, and that's not uh, that's not who had the final instance. Maybe Hella has it. I don't know. That would make more sense to me, or as much sense to me. And uh, it is wrested from her hands some kind of way. Who knows? We'll find out in a month. Oh, good gracious. Next month's going to be bananas. Speaking of uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War, IMDb fuels silk speculation. So that's interesting. Uh, Spider-Man character Cindy Moon, a.k.a. AKA silk, may be headed to uh, Avengers Infinity War because who isn't at this point except for, like, me? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there's IMDb has a credit that's been added to... Oh, okay. So Tiffany Espenson, who was in Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, appears to have a credit in Infinity War. Um, oh, wow. Wait, Cindy Moon was in Homecoming. I totally forgot about that. I need to watch. 
you know what? That movie's about to come out on DVD, and I'm totally going to watch it again because I totally didn't catch the fact that Cindy Moon was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, we got allusions to it, too, and my apologies for the slippery slipping. But, um, yeah. That's interesting. So if you don't know who Cindy Moon is, Cindy Moon is a the other person who uh, ends up getting bitten by the same spider that uh, Peter Parker did. <laughs> During, and we find this out uh, at the onset of uh, Original Sin, or at least Peter did, and then she ends up uh, coming into Spider-Verse, and her and Peter has a very hormonal thing because of the spider bite, which is kind of weird and funny at the same time. But nevertheless, um, it appears that Cindy Moon was in her, uh, Homecoming and is poised to be in Infinity War some kind of way. Doesn't necessarily say that she's going to be Silk, in Infinity War, or she could just be in, like, what Peter gets called up, and she just happens to be there, you know, around them when he does. Who knows? But, nevertheless, that's interesting, nonetheless, because that could also mean that, heck, she could be, she could have get into a movie of her own. They could be spinning her off uh, into a movie of her own, which I haven't read so much of the Silk series, but, you know, I from what I have read, uh, especially with the Spider-Woman uh, miniseries that happened a couple of years ago, which was really good. You should check that out. Um, I don't know. I can like the character. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but that's that. So if that speculation is being true, that's that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, next up on the, BC, the DC side of things, Batman Ninja feature length anime coming from Afro Samurai creator. I made a joke on Twitter. Uh, asking if Batman is going to get the number two headband, if you if you know Apple Samurai, which I still haven't watched the whole thing of, by the way, so that's kind of a fatal flaw. Um, will that happen? But of course, the Batman will probably have the number one headband. Anyway, anyway, uh, this anime will also feature talent from Kill a Kill and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And JoJo's Bizarre Adventure lives up to his name. Let me tell you. So, yeah. But it is, um, most of this stuff is coming out from New York Comic Con, I should point out. most of uh, Some of it is before. Some of it is doing during... Uh, actually, a couple of them came out today because I wanted to keep it for myself and not have the guys talk about it next week. But they probably will if they, if they, if they get to it. So, there were some things I didn't want to leave to them um, at that point. But this was already in my lineup, so whatever. So yeah, um, it doesn't necessarily say when it is coming out, with the exception of the fact of next year. Uh, this all came out during a Comic Con panel. Uh, so actually, it might have come out before. Yeah, this came out before, but it was going to be presented uh, during the course of uh, NYCC. So that's cool. Another Batman project. Yay! Although I, I. I joke. I mean, I just don't know you joke because there's a lot of Batman out there. Good gracious. You would think other characters could get some shine, but whatever. This one seems kind of interesting to me for the anime aspect and, you know, who's cre- where it's coming from, basically. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the screenwriter for Killer Kill, which is an anime I haven't seen yet, and Afro Samurai creator Takahashi um, Okazaki. So, sweet. Ooh, uh, the film is being directed by Junpei Mizusaki, who's best known for his work as a producer on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and his animation work on various Mega Man games, including X7 and X8. So there you go. Pedigree, folks. That'll be interesting, though. That's definitely going to look good for if anything else. Uh, so tune up for that next week, next year, excuse me. 
Speaking of news, and this came out today, and I put this in next week's lineup because I know the guys will probably want to bring it up, but I wanted to mention this to myself because I am thrilled about this. And that is Batman the Animated Series Blu-ray Collection coming in 2018. Now, if you're like me, you already have all of the, the, the you have them all on DVD already. You can bet your bottom dollar I'm probably going to get this coming to Blu-ray. Because, yeah, the, the DVD, the standard blue, and matter of fact, I, well, I shouldn't even say that because it's, it's whatever, but, you know, I, I have a digital copy of these, of uh, of the Batman animated series also that I have took the liberty of making archive copies of. Probably shouldn't have admitted that on this, but whatever. Blu-ray, uh, a Blu-ray version. That's going to be awesome. Let me see. Well, let me see. It was announced earlier today, so I had to put it in the lineup, and I definitely had to put it, mention it myself, like I said. Uh, and apparently, let's see. All right. Master of the Phantasm, which was the very first uh, Batman movie, is also out. So you should go check that out. And it's also a Blu-ray version uh, of it, which, again, we had talked about and is out. So you should definitely check it out because that is a great movie. Um, like I said, this collection was, was announced during the Batman the Animated Series 25th anniversary panel, which I would have loved to have gone through. I don't know if um, Agent 70 or Tim got a chance to go to that panel if they saw it, because I know there was a lot going on and they had other things they had, they had things they were trying to do. Um, but um, that would have been a panel if I was able to go to uh, NYCC. Oh, wow. Just jumped to nobody, huh? Okay, cool. Um, so that would have been a panel I would have loved to have gone to, definitely, for sure. Uh, no details such as release date or price point where it's confirmed, but it'll be later in 2018. So... Look out for that when that happens in stupid auto-playing things. Nevertheless, uh, Empire unveils a host of new Justice League action shots and describer covers. You know what? Great. Pictures. Cool. Also, Green Lantern goes all in in gorgeous new um, Green in Justice League. In, not in Justice. Justice League poster. So there you see, if you're watching the video, the poster for the, the Green Lantern poster for... Um, Justice League, which I guess that confirms that he's gonna that uh, Green Lantern is gonna be in it. I mean, there there was nothing saying that it wasn't anyway because there's always been kind of there was been talk around that happening here anyway. Never mind all of that because today, um, DC heroes unite in the new Justice League trailer, and folks, I watched this like two times earlier, but before recording. Um, and this is making me a little bit more excited, you know, for Justice League, which comes out, uh, December, well, it's not December, November, was it 17th? Yep, November 17th, I was right. So next month, folks, the 17th, day of November, Justice League is coming out. And like I said, the, I, if you haven't had a chance to watch the trailer, and again, I think the guys may or may not talk about it next week, but I wanted to put it in here for my own gratification. Um... But yeah, it was a good trailer. Go check it out. Again, the show notes, uh, well, you'll see the show notes again when, when you see my lovely face in a, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was a good trailer, I thought. And um, looking forward to it. Flash, season four will take Earth 2's Wells on an epic emotional journey. So we are on the cusp of, wow, Flash season four is about to come out in a few short days, folks. And um, apparently, you know, speaking to Entertainment Weekly, Andrew Kreisberg revealed that um, Harrison Wells 
is going to go on a nice little emotional journey and I will not sing sentimental journey because no one wants that. So, uh, quote, we were picking up with Harry. We felt like we managed to pull off three different wells in three years. And rather than just going down and doing another well, we definitely felt that there's more meat on the bone with Harry. So, yeah, sounds like original, not original wells, because that one ended up not being someone else. But the, the Earth 2 Harrison Wells is going to be back and they're going to give him some emotional resonance. So cool. That was a good, that was a good character. I need to catch up on Flash. So that's one thing or another. Black Lightning Grammy winner Jill Scott cast as DC villain Lady Eve. I know nothing of this villain. I know nothing of uh, Black Lightning's uh, Rose Gallery, but whatever. I am here for Jill Scott playing something. Matter of fact, which is weird. So, little side note, when I saw this article, I had just finished uh, listening to Cross My Mind by her, just out of the blue, and then this came up. Coincidence? Yeah, probably. But whatever. Uh, it's good to see uh, Julie from Philly, uh, you know, working, which she has. I'm not saying she hasn't been doing this, but I love her. She's gorgeous. Um, so apparently, let's see, according to this article, let's see, Lady Eve will be the bridge between Tobias Well, which who coincidentally is um, an actual LA rapper named Crondon. I, I know the name, but. Sure, I don't know none of this stuff. And a secret group of corrupt leaders. Um, so this ought to be um, this ought to be interesting. Um, it is also worth noting that you know, uh, just got it's not uh, not the first time she's done some superior work. Cause, and I was actually watching this a couple of years back, or not even a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks back. Uh, she was in the she voiced Storm in BET's Black Panther uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and of course she's been, you know, doing, um, I don't know she was on French. That's interesting. I still need to watch friends, but, um, yeah, so she's been putting on some acting work and, um, I look forward to checking out cause black lightning is a series that is going to be interesting to me, not knowing that much about the character, um, outside of super friends and, uh, partially reading a, a mini series that he had at one point. So, yeah, that ought to be dope. Um, let's see. Next up. Uh, Netflix is co-financing the new Shaft movie and will help change the, the game and movie distribution. Okay, there's going to be a new uh, Shaft movie. Uh, Netflix is co-financing it. The only reason why I put this in here is because there was a Shaft um, comic book of recent, as of a couple of years ago, uh, written by one David F. Walker, and it was great. This movie probably has... well. This movie has nothing to do with that miniseries. I mean, with that with that series. Let's go ahead and put that out there right now. Be nice if it did, though. Sounds like if it is, if they are going by uh, what was a previous Shaft movie that was supposed to be in the development by New Line, Son of Shaft, then it's going to be uh, Samuel L. Jackson reprising his role and uh, Jesse 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 J. Usher, who's going to play his son, if that is the case. But you know, hey, Netflix making moves to um to 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 um throw some movies out there. That's um and not that they say that they haven't been making you know making making moves like this because they've done little stuff like this. They've definitely been throwing original series and, and anime and whatnot on there. So cool beans for that. Uh, next up, hey. uh, stop it, you. Marvel's Luke Cage, uh, first look. Iron Fist joins Luke in season two. So we are basically going to get Heroes for Hire. 
Um, or maybe I we don't know. You know like I said, that's what it sounds like it's going towards. So here is my thing about that. Eh, on the Iron Fist, yay for Luke Cage's uh, season two. And hey, can we get a Daughters of the Dragon series? Please and thank you. So yeah, uh, does it say when season two? 2018. That's when it's coming up. Okay. Next up, um, Netflix's newest superhero drama is about a single woman, a single mother, and a superpowered son. Now, I had heard rumblings on this, but I had not actually checked this out uh, too thoroughly. But it is a series called Raising Beyond, which is based off of a book by uh, a comic book at that by Dennis Liu. Um, and it's about a single black mother raising her young uh, metahuman son. Um, the the series will focus on the woman's day to day life, trying to reach her son, how to you know how to teach her son how to control his abilities while invading governmental agency that's haunting them down. That is from the article. Um, so look out for that for for definitely. So it is um, it doesn't say when it is coming out, but it's being produced by Macro whatever that is, with uh, American Gods showrunner Michael Green, and uh, apparently Michael B. Jordan has a hand, which I think Michael might be Michael B. Jordan's uh, production company or something. I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on that one. But Michael B. Jordan might has also been a, attached in an unnamed supporting role, which would make sense if it is partially his baby, or which if it is his baby that is producing this. Um, so... I probably should have looked that up before before this, but nevertheless, check it out because that's this seems this is a side of a superhero stuff we don't really get in more ways than one. Uh, it's weird that he's doing um, the Emperor Lightning hands here, but I don't know what the extent of his powers are. So that's interesting. Um, and I'm looking at the picture that is on the article. That's that's basically a GIF. So moving right along. Marvel's The Punisher pulled from New York Comic Con after Las Vegas tragedy. So yes, um, The Punisher was supposed to be at a, at a panel on October 7th, which uh, was yesterday at the time of this recording. But after the last, uh, after the mass shooting last, uh, it was the last Sunday, actually, last Sunday night, uh, actually, there was a mass shooting in Las Vegas. I'm sure you have all heard about it that um it was indeed a tragedy and if and it just like i said last week uh if you know prayers prayers and well which well prayers are, are, are one thing and definitely you know the victims of need all that but in this case we need way more than prayers because it was senseless gun violence that should not have happened and unfortunately here in the u.s it goes unchecked if it's certain people that are within the guns um, and those people don't like that fact that the people are trying to take away their guns, but guess what? This stuff keeps happening. Uh, it, it was the largest mass shooting. Uh, I would say of recent date, but it is, but the last one was like what, 16 months ago here in the U S and it shouldn't keep happening. It really shouldn't. So, and you know, I don't care if people will say, I'm getting political on the comic Talk about politics. Look, there's room to do both, especially when they intertwine. So you will be all right. And if not, you, you're probably the problem. Chances are you're probably the problem anyway. But um, nevertheless, like I said, they pulled, um, they pulled Punisher from the, um, from 
the which was a good thing to do because it seemed you know yes it's a week after the fact but it still seemed a little insensitive especially you know given the the makeup of the Punisher you know and his history so you're still getting the show folks don't worry about it it's just that you know what people are trying to we're trying to exercise a little bit of sensitivity so or sensitivity I should say so. Anyway, move right along. Um, Marvel's Agents of Shields ups Natalie Cordova Buckley to series regular for season five. That is also news that came out of um, New York Comic Con, uh, which is dope because I love this character. Natalia, excuse me, I can't remember what I just said. So she plays the character of um, Elena Yo Yo. Uh, I can't remember what her last name is. Huh, great. Rodriguez, excuse me. So, yes, she plays Yo-Yo, a.k.a. Slingshot, and she's dope. So I'm glad she's going to um, she's going to be a series regular for season five, which I think is the last season of the show, if I'm not mistaken. So if you don't know who that is, she's, a, she's an inhuman, and she has uh, the ability to basically slingshot back and forth in, in the beat of a heartbeat. She basically runs real fast in, in the span of a heartbeat. Um, that's, you know, you know. <laughs> Um, that's the the short, the short, uh, the short version of it. There was also a um, web series involving her that I think maybe still on Hulu. I'm not sure. I think it's called uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield Slingshot. Um, really wasn't much to it, but it did showcase her. So check that out uh, if you get a chance. I think it's still probably still up on um, on on Hulu. So. But like I said, that was dope. I love that character. So more her is awesome. She's she's fine too. Anyway, um, this also off the wire, wire from earlier today. Uh, there is going to be a Black Panther Lego movie happening. So got this off of uh, Black Nerd Girl Nerd. So shout them out because they were basically in full force at uh, NYCC doing good things, great things there. So apparently, um, it is called Black Panther Trouble in Wakanda, and uh, it is just going to be another set of uh, Lego animated movies. You know what? Yes, bring it on, bring it on. Uh, apparently, that came from Newsarama. Uh, no release date or further details on it, but uh, I guess next year, maybe. I'm not sure how long it takes them to turn those around, but um, I'm, I'm, yep, let's do it. Um, it is also worth noting that Lego Marvel Two, um, Lego Marvel Avengers Two, I believe is the name of it, is out or is coming out very soon. Actually, I think it's out on. Uh, for the video game front, and I believe uh, Black Panther is in that, so you can go check that out. I believe I can't remember, but I think it's a um, he is probably DLC downloadable content, con, uh, content, which is kind of a bummer, but nevertheless, he's in he's in it, so you go check that out. Um, let's see. Now on to some Star Wars news. Uh, Lucasfilm, which is what I was alluding to earlier in the books. Lucasfilm confirmed Star Wars The Last Jedi ticket sales and a new trailer arrived Monday. So if you happen to be watching this uh, on Sunday night, the, the day of this recording, or I, if this comes out on a Monday and you're watching it then, then more than likely this is going to be old news or beginning to be old news because ticket sales are probably going to, well, excuse me, because from what I understand, the new trailer is going to come out during uh, Monday Night Football. So that's going to be later on Monday night. So if you're watching this anytime after then, you will probably have seen the trailer. The guys will probably talk about it next next week. 
because uh, um, I want to make sure I have something in the lineup for us to discuss. Um, and that's, again, ticket sales start Monday night. And I believe after or when the when the trailer hits, it is going to um, ticket sales are going to be started around that time. So yeah, that's it. That's going to be on the fifteenth of December. So you you might want to go ahead and get it. I'm probably going to go ahead and get my tickets if I can. Probably Ticketmaster and the Ticketmaster. That's not it. Uh, Fandango, whoever else is probably going to be swamped. That's going to be something. And I still haven't gotten my Thor Ragnarok tickets, which I need to do that. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like that. some of this news I'm kind of taking for, for stuff that I was going to, I'm basically doing some of this stuff for, to kind of lighten the load for next week. And I was actually planning, like I said, to do a show anyway by myself, but apparently, you know, there were whatever, whatever. Um, but in comic book news, uh, wait, let me make sure that was it. Look at this one. That was another one. Nope, that was it. Raphael Apogurki working on new Neil Gaiman ab- Adaptation. Uh, so Raphael Albuquerque, who's a great artist, um, is uh, adapting Neil Gaiman's 2003 short story, A Story in Emerald, into an 80-page hardcover for Dark Horse. So if you are a fan of Neil Gaiman and, and or Raphael Albuquerque, go check that out. Or when that, whenever that happens, because uh, next week, next year, June 20th, 2018, so I'm sure we'll probably be talking about that again closer to that time, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Catwoman's answer to Batman's proposal is, spoiler alert, you know. So this was for an issue uh, of Batman, a.k.a. Batman 32, which is came out last week. Well, which came out this week. Uh, I didn't read. I know one of the other guys, probably one or two of the other guys probably did. So you... They know the answer to that, and I'm sure they will. They may end up talking about this next week um, on the show. Because I know Tim's probably probably read it, and maybe Agent Seventy and or PSC underscore Dirty P is end up on the show. And if you're watching the bottom of the screen, it's probably getting spoiled for you already. So if you're not watching the video, you don't get to see that spoiler. <laughs> And I just called it out because you may not have seen it if you are watching the video. So nevertheless, hey, there it is, folks. Uh, on to some Black Panther news. So I could have waited to, to, for some, a couple of these next week, but I chose not to. So from... <laughs> I like that article. That's cool. Um, this is from io9. Uh, the world of Wakanda is getting bigger in Marvel's new Black Panther. Oh, this is actually not that one, but uh, this is another one. Um, the World of Wakanda is getting bigger in Marvel's new Black Panther Long Live the King comic. So this year we lost a uh, World of Wakanda book, which is sad because, you know, given that you're going to have a Black Panther movie, you kind of could have kept that book. I know what Marvel's doing, but nevertheless, we have a couple of books in its place. One of them being Long Live the King. Uh, it seems to be a one shot um, that is based off of a character that. Uh, came out or that that um, debuted in the recent Venomverse event, uh, and I believe the book that it came out of from was uh, Venomverse War Stories number one. I just picked up a copy of that, so I've not read it yet. Um, but nevertheless, author uh, and his and uh, English professor 
Nnedi Okorafor is writing, is writing this book, which is awesome because she's having, she's she's doing big things right now. And I want to go back and read some of her books that she has done partially because of that. Because she is she is a name to be and seems to be a force to be reckoned with at this point. So I wish her all the 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 best in uh, everything she does. So, but it says here in this article that uh, depend the beginning in December, digital issues of Black Panther: Long Live the King will be available for purchase on Comicsology and also included uh, in all subscriptions to Comicsology Unlimited. Which means sounds like they're putting this under the banner of their Comicsology Un uh, Originals. Sounds like, which is. Okay, but it's also a bummer because, like, for, uh, that new Iron Fist book that you may or may not have heard me talk about uh, if you've listened to the show recently uh, is under that. It's good that it's coming out, but it's not good because it's not going to get the... It's not going to get a whole lot of buzz or anything, like, unless you know about it. Because, like, I every week I look at comiclist.com for the books that are coming out this week. That book is not going to show up there because it's digital only through Comixology, and they don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and books like this are probably not going to get pushed by Marvel all that much, um, which is which is really sad for that reason, for a whole host of number of reasons, uh, and that being one of them. But it's good that this is coming out. Uh, but yeah, so look there, so. Um, so that is one of the books that is coming out, and that's going to start in December. And I'm be sure to 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 to, to listen back to Combo Chronicles because I, if anyone else on the, the show, will be talking about this book. We'll be definitely bring up this book. Um, again, like I said, it's, it's a one shot, and, and it's an alternate universe about. Um, so, which was the one thing I didn't get to chance to talk about. So yeah, the character from the Venomverse book. Um, is if you if you know about Spider Verse, it's it's not necessarily the same thing, but there is some similarities from from what I understand, and that is being a whole host of, host of other Venom characters coming out, um, because of the event. And this being one of them, so this is a um an alternate universe where this young Nigerian girl uh, gets bonded with a Venom symbiote and becomes Black Panther of that universe. Again, I have not read the story that uh, the, the characters come from, the character came from, but I did get a, a copy of the book, and I absolutely plan on doing that. And again, I will be checking this book out uh, when it uh, when it happens on the thirteenth of December. Next up in more Black Panther news. Evan Narcis and Tanahisi Coates revealed the rise of Black Panther, which actually I should go back to um Iona real quick, because um their their headline was pretty funny. Uh which was Black Panther's origin will be <laughs> explored by a uh, comic by IO9's Evan Narcis, a guy we know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um so yeah, there is another uh Black Panther book for, and I am here for any more Black Panther related uh, books that should happen to come about. Um, this one is actually about the early days, sounds like, of T'Challa. And uh, again, it will be um, written by Evan Narcisse and um, Black Panther writer Tony Coates, which, if like the other books, like um, uh, the other book, 
world of Wakanda, um, you know, be providing the the you know they'll be intertwined with uh, what's going on in the current right black, the Black Panther book, or at the very least, you know, keep within the the universe of it. Would say so. It's set in the world of like it says. Uh, this article says set in the world of Coast Landmark. Um, Black Panther book. This new series will tell the story of young T'Challa and his lineage, showing how the world learns about the wondrous nation of Wakanda for the first time. It is a six-issue run, and it will also explore the reign of T'Chaka, um, T'Challa's dad, whose death charge has changed uh, to Wakanda's history and the life of T'Challa's birth mother, someone T'Challa has never had a chance to know. And uh, this is the first time Evan Narcisse, who, if I'm not mistaken, is a pretty big fan uh, from from all from accounts of Black Panther, um, and has been picking up Black Panther books whenever they pop out, you know, on on IO9. So this kind of makes sense. Um, but he'll be making his comics debut with this series, and you know that sometimes that happens. You know, so, um, people from. Well, I don't know. It's not necessarily a, a comic-focused website, but you know, people in the media, uh, the the, the uh, journalistic medium, where it's comics concerned, end up jumping to writers, and has happened a few different times. So this is nothing new, but it's also good because, like, this one Black Panther is one of my favorite characters, and more on him would be cool. Um, let's see. This came out during a panel. Um. Yeah, it came out during the Cup of Joe presents Marvel Legacy Avengers panel Saturday, which is another panel I would have loved to have um, gone to. Again, don't know if the other any of the other guys went there. I kind of wish they if they could have um, thrown some video out there. Maybe they did. And I just missed it. I don't know. From from the uh, from MICC, but I know it's real busy, so psh, probably wasn't able to do that even if they could. But again, we will hear about their Avengers next week. Um. Other, oh, I guess this is kind of Black Panther related news. Tanahisi Coates teases Storm comic news. One of my, also another one of my favorites, longtime favorites. I have said this a few different times on on the show. So apparently, Tanahisi Coates um, tweeted about meeting uh, Jen Bartel, uh, an artist uh, who's done a lot of stuff for some things from for Marvel, including uh, America most recently. And uh, according to this, says he got to talk collaboration, and um, with with Jen Bartel, and to stay tuned. He also tweets that he met um, a full Richardson, which that's also dope. So it could be possible that we may be getting another Storm comic. Storm um, last uh, volume was a couple years ago, written by Greg Park, and that was a good book, but it was short lived because. Marvel, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but really? Um, and I'm not just saying that because both of these characters are, are black, but they are great characters with a lot behind them. I think favorites are mine, so I'm probably biased. But come on. You got more characters than just than Iron Man and, and Spider-Man and Captain America that you could be doing stuff with and propping up with writers of color at that behind it. So... Just saying. Um, if you were looking at the uh, the video, this is he's also tweeted the um, what looks to be a commission drawn by Jim Bartel of Storm, which looks cool. I like it. 
know, I've um, like some of the stuff that I know. I think she's done cover work for for America. I can't remember. I know she's done some other stuff, and I'm blanking on where I've, I've seen her work. But she's done some good stuff. And um, so this ought to be cool. Now, this fact, uh, well, the Storm comic thing was also kind of uh, confirmed when press when Axel Alonso was pressed during um, a Q and A on Friday. So hopefully. Hopefully, it is indeed a thing that will happen, and we will soon have another storm book that hopefully will get marketed um, properly, because the, the first one didn't, and those people are, that always talk about, well, people didn't want it enough, or it didn't sell in my shop, or stupid and stuff like that. I'm like, well, great, one shop. You know, Marvel still has to do the work at some point. Like, you can't just, just put it out there and expect the other people who want, you know, you know, to, and expecting people to just do it themselves. That's, that is a wrong way of thinking. But of course, people that think like that don't think like that for characters that they care about. So, or don't care about. So, yeah, it is what it is. Hopefully we get a new one. Hopefully Marvel will do right and start to, to market it and we will see an actual good run of Storm. Next up, um, off our very own Tim Dog writes this. Marvel announces Legion and Rogan's the uh, Rogan Gambit ongoing series. That's two different series, by the way. So there's a Legion series and a Rogan Gambit series. Legion, who is Charles Xavier's son, if you did not know, and also there is a show uh, based on the character that is out um, out on the TV screens at this point. Uh, it's getting another series. So. Hmm. And I say another series because I don't think he's actually had a series of his own outside of Mexican. Well, X Men Legacy that was his his uh, definitely, uh, but I can't remember that he had another one outside of that one. Probably did, and there's probably been some. I know there's been like a mini series or two from back in the day, but uh, nevertheless, uh, let's get another series for what it's worth. I don't really care that much about that character, so I don't care that much about this book. Just personally, Rogan Gambit. However, you know they have not had a book together outside of um, X Men proper, so that ought to be interesting. Like there are definite fans of both of those characters and both of those characters together. So, um, excuse me. So we will uh, definitely be curious as, as to that. Like Rogue is definitely getting some prominence with uh, being the leader of uh, Uncanny X-Men, and I think that book's probably about to come to an end, given storyline that's coming up. But, um, yeah, that's cool. I don't, can't remember if Gambit's ever had a series of his name. Probably did, but I, I don't, I'm not too familiar. Um, I should probably... I'm just going to sock this over to the side real quick. Uh, moving right along, Milestone returns with Static, Static Shock, Earth M from DC Comics. So this uh, has been news we've been following here and there. In fact, it had gone dark for a long time, as we found out recently, because of uh, some legal issues that has been going on with... Um, Dwayne McDuffie's widow and the people that are trying to bring back Milestone with media, which is a sad thing. But it's um, sounds like Milestone's back, and there's going to be some books uh, from people we know. Uh, sounds like, let's see, 
According to this article, Reginald Hudlin, who's also did a run of uh, Black Panther, by the way, and Milestone co-founder and artist Dennis Cowan were joined by DC co-publisher Jim Lee, blah, 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 blah. So, let's see. Uh, Static Shock is going to be a series by Hudlin and Kyle Baker. Baker. Uh, you, I think I shouldn't have to talk about uh, Static Shock because people know who that is, but basically, you know, he had a short-lived uh, animated show and also, a, you know, s- some slight runs in my, well, he had a different run in, um, uh, in Milestone, given that's where he came from, but he, I think he has also had a, DC, a short-lived DC series, I can't remember, whatever, um, not to belittle that, but that's also a great thing, because I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, Duo, a new Earth M miniseries written by Greg Pak, introduces to a story of a couple sharing one body for eternity. Oh, sounds like Starhawk. Um, but that's that's terrible to have to share a party with somebody. Anyway, um, that sounds intriguing regardless. Love Army, a miniseries by Reginald Hudlin about a secret army of women with amazing abilities and super strength sworn to protect the get the, the planet. Hmm. I anyway, Earth M. Actually, no, actually the, the premise of that before it sounds like uh, that the premise sounds cool. So that part I'm looking forward to. I'm, it's Reginald Hudlin. I'm not too. <laughs> I'm not sure about, and I don't know why that is. Uh, I mean, because the only thing I have to do that I have is based off of his run of uh, Black Panther, which I liked, but not. There was yeah, like the definitive Black Panther is is, is uh, to me is Christopher Priest's, which I don't think there's too many people who's going to dispute that one. Reginald Hudlin's uh, run was okay, and actually I need to go back and finish reading it because I think I dropped off of it for some odd reason. Um, and this is not about him or that, but um, I will say that for another time. The last book looks like Earth M, a new series from Hudlin and Atlas Randall featuring a new uh, vigilante character. So yeah, so those are the four books that seem like they're going to start off uh, Milestone Media's return to the DC Universe. And it sounds like actually it's going to be in DC Universe, actually. So um, that's probably just as awesome news as anything because it'll get me to one. It'll get me to reading more DC books, and the fact that they'll it'll be um, not its own separate universe, but in well, it sounds like it is its own universe, but it sounds like it's um, but it sounds like it's it is tied within the DC Prime universe per se. Because like I said, that Earth M, like it's basically saying it sounds like this whole thing is is going to be on the Milestone universe. But I don't know if there's going to. I thought I saw an, another article saying that um, it will be implanted somewhere within the DC Prime universe, which is is a multiverse, so there could be some crossover with DC characters. My speculation. Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water there, so I apologize if that came through. Um, but this is good news because, like I said, after going dark and after hearing about the, the legal issues going on fairly recently, um, it is good to know that stuff is still happening with that. Um, let's see. Unofficial. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. We'll look forward to that when that happens, which looks to be spring of 2018. Uh, next up, Meredith. Meredith. Finch to write a new Xena story for Dynamite Entertainment. That is Xena, the Warrior Princess. 
Um, I don't know if there's ever been a, a uh, book with her before, but nevertheless, uh, Meredith Finch. And actually, it looks like uh, we'll be, she will be joined by her husband, David Finch, who also writes, uh, who has also written some comics, um, who will lend his legendary text by serving as cover artist for the series debut issue. So, yeah. Um, Meredith Finch, if you don't know, did, uh, I believe, a, a run of Wonder Woman. Um, and I know she's done some other stuff, but I don't know too much uh, of what she's done. But apparently, yes, there have been a few Xena Warrior Princess books um, going back to 97. So, cool. Another one for the books. Uh, let's see. Okay, so this one, yeah. Uh, so, I needed, I wanted to find another source outside of this one before I brought this one up, but I could not. So, here's, so I'm going to kind of try to play this a little evenly. Um, Marvel Q&A goes off the rails as comic book retailers rail against black freaking black freaking female characters. So apparently there was a, a Q&A between Marvel Comics and retailers that happened at New NYC NC on, uh, on Thursday. And a retail, a, one retailer had some words to say about um, all these by reports, I should say had some words to say about, you know, the diversity characters of the characters of the, um, you know, I'm trying to get more words together. Basically they were talking about, um, you know, if you've been around the comics recently, there has been a whole lot of, about why did it have to be new cam- uh, characters? Why did it have to be black? You know, in the case of, uh, Captain, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, why do we need a, a new Iron Man, you know, be this, this black girl? Why do we have to have these? Why did Thor have to be a woman? That kind of situation, uh, you know. And apparently, you know, people who I wish would go ahead and die out are still rambling about this stuff. Now, that said, this is a report from some, uh, from this is a report from a, a site. Actually, excuse me. Uh, apparently, this came. This is through Bleeding Cool, which gotta take that for what it is. One, um, but it says here in this article from the week, the detentions have begun with an un- unnamed sailor specifically expressed his distaste for I, uh, Iceman kissing other men and Thor becoming a woman. Uh, the, re- the retailer's complaint sparked an outcry among the other retailers present in the room, room. Some echoing his frustration with multiple attendees raising their voices to speak over one another. Uh, and apparently there was some attempts to try to calm it down, but you know, and there was some words uh, being said one way or another. Now, again, this is a report. This is from that come originally from Blink Cool and whatever. And I'm only saying that because I don't believe for a moment that something like this could have happened. Uh, in fact, given the state of the toxicity of you know certain fans in comic books. I wouldn't be surprised if this did. I would be more surprised if this didn't happen. And it's sad that there are people like that and that is around, you know, but there are, sadly, are always going to be these people. And if you know these people, shut them the hell up. Tell, you know, it's not about them. They don't own these, these, these characters, you know. I mean, it, there's a bigger issue at the state, and there's a bigger issue at state here in America. Um, 
with anybody that are that are not certain people, uh, white people in, in a lot of cases, given news. But it is what it is. We have to fight against it, folks. That's all there is to it. Now, like, the reason why I say reports is because, like I said, um, apparently it was not as it didn't it's not didn't seem from an account it was not as bad like some of those the show's words did get said and some things were going around and whatnot so something did happen however um it didn't from an account that i saw on twitter from one Sherilyn eaton um who went to bleeding cool's comic section and pulled this off of um made it sound like it, it that's not all the Q&A was and in fact the, the Q&A was as much if not more about um, actual books so it comes to this it says Marvel invited us to a no holds bar Q&A session right after the Diamond Distribution purpose where all other publishers presented but not Marvel with our gunners. so I'm assuming this is from that same I'm thinking this is from that same that, that same thing um or a similar thing. And this one, just to just kind of paraphrase, they were talking about, they weren't necessarily talking about the diversity character, um, even though there was a thing that did happen. Um, but during this panel, or whatever it was, they were talking about not being able to buy lenticular copies of uh, legacy books or and, and the having to jump through the hoops that... Um, retailers have to do to get certain books. And I know our own uh, PSN underscore uh, PSN underscore dirt has also addressed the issues that he is, um, that his shop has, you know, that you would have to go through to get certain books. And that is where a lot of frustration was in this particular uh, panel. And then it sounds like, whatever jumped off with uh, whatever that one retailer said, uh, calling people really derogatory or not calling people derogatory, saying derogatory terms and whatnot actually did happen. But there was other thing that was happening during the course of this Q and a during the course of the Q and a um, outside of that, that was um, as much of an issue as this thing happening, you know, and um, which Again, it is it's a sad thing that we are living in this world that that where that kind of stuff happens, that this this that happens that you know I'm not even going to because I don't I'm not even sure if I even have the words to do that right now. But rest assured, at some point I will. Um, but I'm going to move on because time is kind of slipping away from me, and I didn't realize I was it was I was going this long because I had not uh, intended to, and my voice is giving out. Stan Lee speaks out against bigotry and tolerance. Um, so Stan Lee made a video posted on Marvel's YouTube and it was uh, posted on Marvel's YouTube channel. I have not yet to see this though, but according to this article from CBR, it says the 93 year old reaffirms the publisher's stories of heroism have room, quote unquote, for everyone, regardless of their race, religion, or color of their skin. Uh, goes on to quote, the only things we don't have room for, Lee continues, are hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister. And that kid walking by, hey, who knows? He may have the proportional stand for a spider. We're all one big, we're all big, one big family, the human family, which is a, sounds like an all lives matter thing to say, but whatever, we're going to move past that real quick. And we all come together in the body of Marvel. Um, 
again, this is in the show notes, which I, which will, um, you know, which you'll see uh, in a little bit. If you did not catch the link, well, actually, I didn't put this out on Twitter. Um, and I intend to do that. Eh, oh well. Hopefully, I will put the, the show notes will be in the the um below or somewhere around. But um, so yeah, Lee's and it says here in the article, Lee's message not on the rise in the wake of the violent white national protest in August of in Charlottesville, Virginia, and a recent pur- public resurgence of white supremacy in the United States, but also increasing pushback from some of the corners of the com- comic book fandom. Was just talking about against Marvel's efforts to diversify its superheroes with the addition of characters like Kamala Khan, Miles Morales, Amadeus Cho, and I will add Ruby Williams to that since this article did not do that. Again, this is a sad state of affairs where you know where we live in a world where that that is an issue, but there that is here we are, and it is sad. Um, moving right along. Uh, because like I said, there's, that is a, a more loaded topic one that I wish I had the words for right now because it's probably the only time that I would get to speak on those words outside of a venue of my own. Um, nevertheless, I'm sure that will present itself when that happens. You know, Not that my words would change anything, but whatever. Um, Josh Whedon and Erica Alexander to co-write uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Giles miniseries. So Dark Horse and 20th Century Fox are excited to give the Scoobies something fresh to munch on with. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So Eric Alexander, just, just to paraphrase this, um, well, one, Max from Living Single. If you don't know who that is, and I don't know where you've been. Nevertheless, Max from Living Single, also co-writer uh, of wait, Crocky Park, I believe. So she has been doing some comic book stuff. Um... I believe her and her husband did that uh, that series. So we now get um, a miniseries from Erica Alexander with with an assist from Josh Whedon, um, which is interesting in itself because you're like, how in the world those two come together? Um, which is weird. Um, but yeah, Giles is getting a miniseries, uh, which is going to go on sale February 28th of next year. And um, I guess look forward to that. The art is being handled by Ariel Jovalanos. My apologies. Oh, wait, sorry. John Lamb, I'm sorry, is going to be doing, is the artist. Uh, Dan Jackson is the colorist. Uh, and Steve Morris and the aforementioned Ariel Jovalanos will be doing covers for the four-issue miniseries. So if you're a fan of Boba Feed the Bo- uh, Vampire Slayer and uh, in that Giles and feel like checking it out, go for it. That'll be next year. Last but not least, a good bit of happy news, actually, for for um, for for someone, or for us all, I should say. Uh, Image Comics to publish Bingo Love. So this is dope. Which is, so I found this out on Twitter yesterday, a couple of days, or a couple of days ago. I can't remember when, when I saw it. From the uh, writer T. Franklin, who is the writer of this uh, of this. Uh, Kickstarter. So it was a Kickstarter that is uh, that is coming out shortly on that front. And apparently, uh, Image Comics picked it up. And she was at uh, I know she was at um, New York Comic Con this weekend because I've seen tweets from her from it, and she was elated about it. And I am happy for her for this because this is awesome. So if you don't know about Bingo Love, Bingo Love is about two queer black women and and uh, their love affair that spans dec- decades. And I think it starts over the love of Bingo. So. 
The story uh, also explores the complications of coming out at an older age and how the decision affects their families' lives. It will hit stores in time for Valentine's Day, February 2018. So that's dope. Uh, again, uh, I know uh, uh, like this decision that just came out, and um, I know the, the I I guess, um, well, I know I backed this, and I should be getting a copy somewhat soonish. So I look forward to checking that out and reading that. So, and yeah, I guess this, that is also me saying, hey, uh, full disclosure, I, I uh, backed the Kickstarter for this book. So there is that. So good on uh, T. Franklin. I wish I had, a, I should have, I wish I had. Um, she was at uh, Heroes Con this past June and I wanted to meet her, but I was too busy running around like a silly person. I still didn't get everything I wanted done. But um, like I said, hopefully I'll get a chance to meet her at one of these points uh, soon. I don't know. But like I said, good on her. And also uh, artist Jen St. Ange on, yeah. And colors by Joy Sand, who are also a part of the book. So that's awesome. And that, I think, is that, ladies and gentlemen, for the comic news. And wraps us around to the end of the show. Uh, actually, wait, do I have anything in the brand I do not. So, but before we go out of here, I got one last, one last ad read to do. <laughs> uh, let's see. And we've done that one enough. They'll kill me for this one, but whatever. Who's going to stop me, right? <clears throat> I'll probably get smacked for this one, but whatever. So, last order, last um, ad for the night comes from Adam and Eve. Because, you know what? Comic book people have sex, too, by the way. You know, I know this is kind of a family show, but eh. We, you know. uh, looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Why not surprise your lover with an adult sex toy, video, or accessory from Adam and Eve? Now, for the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles, uh, can enjoy 50% off. I'm, actually, I'm kind of hoping this is still good now that I'm thinking about it, because I probably should have asked beforehand. Anyway, um, can enjoy 50% off on any item available at Adam and Eve. You can use this discount on vibrators, sex toys, lingerie, dudes and lotions, condoms, videos, and other naughty novelties found on the site. To receive this discount, visit the official site of CSPN, cspn.us, then select the Keep Our Podcast Free link on the top of the site. Scroll down and click through our Adam and Eve link at the bottom, then go shopping. As you check out, put the promo code MDAY50, that's the letter M, DAY, D A Y, 50, all one word, at the checkout. I'm mad because I wanted it to be the old, uh, old code. But anyway, at checkout to receive any items priced uh, up to 50% plus free shipping. Remember, you have to click the link through the CSPN to help us keep our podcast free with your order. Order Adam and Eve through CSPN.us. Do it today. I could have done it. I should have some music behind me. Got a little sexy time going in. But you know what? It's all good. <laughs> and that, folks, brings us to the end of this here Comic Book Chronicles episode. Again, um, Agent 70 and Tim, maybe the PC and Unscored, I'm not sure, but your regular hosts will be back next week and regale you with the tales of North, uh, North Carolina, Lord, NYCC, and all the stuff that they hopefully have gotten and seen and done and all the good. Well, hopefully there'll be some pictures. I hadn't seen any pictures outside of the one uh, of, um, actually it was two, of that was from Agent 70 with Tim and um, with Tim and Agent 70. As I sit here and try to pull that up while I'm thinking about it, um, which is probably not the thing to do at this point. 
This is going on long enough. I apologize for the length of this because I have do have a tendency to ramble and I can probably see why people didn't want me to do a solo show. I understand. I get it. I still was going to do it because I'm salty like that. Um, I'm like, you know, we have four hosts. I can do this. <laughs> Let me stop. Um, here it is. Here's a picture. Check out my voice. Look at that. Look at my voice. Yeah. So that's one picture. And then there's another one of them. But we will, you know, I'm sure next week they will, um, you will see that picture and probably another one again. Nevertheless, this concludes this episode of the Comic Book Chronicles for this week. Um, if Thank you for the one, two people that uh, happened to pop in live. I did not go to YouTube chat like I normally do, and I should have, but my apologies for that. Nevertheless, um, here we go. You can find, I guess, if you're looking for me, you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter, also at News News Need, and also at CB Caps um, on Instagram, where I tweet out, you know, comic book panels. I actually had a good run this past Saturday uh, of this recording, uh, a bunch of stuff that I forgot to post before. You know, trying to keep active with that one, and um, trying to get ready to do some other stuff that I'm hoping to do at some points. But yeah, check me out there. Um, as it turns out, I may or may not be on the show next week. It doesn't look that that way. I'm not sure. Um, but we'll see. Um, regardless, the people you know and you want to see are going to be back. So that's all that's important. And you can find those people at agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find Tim at Tim Dog, Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find him at CB Cron, which is the... the um, the website for this show, I mean, which is the streaming Twitter for this show. Uh, you can also find him at the Click Nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word on Twitter, uh, where you can also probably find some stuff uh, dealing with the show and, uh, and other Click Nation things. And also, last but not least, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Um, I don't think he's doing Graham Comic reviews on Instagram anymore. So maybe I should probably not say that one anymore. Nevertheless. Go check him out there for and all of his stuff. Again, you can find this fine show on CSPN.us. If you haven't already, thank you very much. You can also find us on your podcast um, perusal place of choice. Hopefully we'll get on Spotify at some point. That'd be great. But, you know, iTunes, Google Play, um, uh, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We out there. Uh, shop.cspn go help us out cspn trying to do some things podcast wise and we need you know sometimes that takes money to keep going so go there get some wares there's some pretty decent um uh, uh comic book chronicles related gear that you can probably get from through that site you know off of redbubble and i don't have the redbubble site on me right now which is why i didn't mention that right off the bat but um yeah go check that out and with that folks we will see you next um, Friday night or next week uh, at some point with another show of the Comic Book Chronicles podcast. Uh, and I always already stepped it over. So have a good night, folks, as I pull this up. I knew there was something I forgot to do. <laughs> all I'm going to say is, folks, be good and be good to each other because we are all we have. And, um, you know... The color of one's skin should not be the reason to hate someone or even their religious beliefs, even if they don't align with yours. But um, this is the world we live in, and we have got to do better. We really do. And with that, folks, 
This is the Combo Chronicles. I am your host, signing off, and I bid you adieu. Good night. Good evening, Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your email?